0: Tara. And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our very special episode of The Snarkies, a podcast award show for Hallmark's uh, Christmas movie season. If you haven't already checked out part one, we definitely encourage you to do so.
1: Yeah, we covered um, some of the most snarkable moments, some of them, some of the worst work moments, um, some of the the trends in Hallmark movies that we, we don't want to see ever again because they were just tired this year. So definitely go check that out to hear our thoughts on those categories. But um, we want to also introduce our guests that we have here with us to, to present these awards uh, from Bad Christmas Movie Bingo, Matt and Kiwi.
2: Hi, I'm Matt.
1: Hi, I'm Kiwi.
2: And we're a married couple too. <laughs>
0: And as we learned in part one, they're also high school sweethearts. So they have the Hallmark story just like primed and ready to go.
3: Yeah, we are our own walking Hallmark movie. Someday
2: we will stumble back on a fictional town that's somehow also where we grew up (laughs) and end up competing for the mayorship of the town. I'll watch it. it. Amazing. 100% there. We are so happy to be here. We are so happy to be representing Bad Christmas Movie Bingo. And let's, let's keep going with the snarkies, you guys.
1: All right. Let's get so into it. I have our first up category for this episode, which is the most shameless product placement. So um, throughout these movies, there, there have historically been some really egregious um, product placement issues and, you know, like Folger's Coffee used to show up a lot in these movies or, you know, you might get um, just like, you know, moments within the script that feel like, they they feel a little off, and the reason that they're off is because they're trying to sell you something subtly um, by doing so not so subtly. So our nominees for this year are Nestle in Christmas and Evergreen, Kay Jewelers product placement in Christmas and Evergreen, and Christmas she wrote and also probably some other movies. Um, adding a Waffle House in New York City where there isn't one in USS Christmas. A Balsam Hill box opening in If I Only Had Christmas and then a Lamex Christmas Village cinnamon roll shop in Christmas She Wrote. So those are our nominees. Does anyone want to speak on which of those stood out to you?
3: <laughs> yes, yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> I have, you are ready to go. <laughs> have, I'm ready. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, I uh, I think for me, the one that I had the most feelings about was Nestle and Christmas and Evergreen because, you know, we're all used to the product placement at this point where it's like, you know, the... They linger a little bit too long on the car logo or on whatever it is, but it's very seldom that they actually write in dialogue into the scene about the product, and it is, it always just is so jarring and really sticks out, and this particular scene, if you didn't see this movie, the scene opens where the bag of Nestle chocolate chips is, um, just sitting on the counter and it fills the entire screen and the camera moves back and kind of, it opens, it reveals the rest of the scene. And in the reveal, you see two more bags of chocolate chips and it reveals this whole family around their, I don't know, 20 foot by 30 foot kitchen island all (laughs) making chocolate chip cookies. And as the camera moves backwards, you hear someone say, wow, do you do this every year? And someone else replies, yes, it is a family tradition. And it's just like it's so unnatural. While
2: just focusing on all these perfectly placed, like multiple bags of, Nestle. of unopened,
3: unwrinkled <laughs> bags of Nestle Tollhouse chocolate chips and they're all making chocolate chip cookies. And it's like they're I don't know, it's Blatant. just always It was a blatant commercial, and I just think it's,
2: it's it's... It's always really special when they write dialogue about the product, or clearly what is about the product, into the movie. Like, that kind of stuff is typically saved for, like, Rizzoli and Isles on TNT. We're like, they're in the car, and like somehow it's like, oh well, let me let me press OnStar because they're gonna help us do this and this, and it can do this. And you're like, wow, we're literally listening to an OnStar commercial right now inside this episode of Rizzoli and Isles. But like, guys, come on, this is this is a Hallmark Christmas movie. We know we're gonna see the the the, the Chevys and and the Balsam you know Hill, the Boston Absolutely, right. but to have to have like a mini scene about Nestle
3: was just it was a lot it was a lot speaking of Balsam Hill I know um one of you guys had a a lot of thoughts about (laughs) (laughs) the the Balsam Hill nominee in this category
0: well Balsam Hill is always a sponsor but it was in particular so egregious if in if I only had Christmas because normally I'm used to the product being panned away from to the action the scene had ended though like CCB had said her line and then we have this this awkward pan to a box of Bosom Hill ornaments with the box top just like perfectly staged against the Christmas tree and we just kind of paused there for way too long and it was just one of the most awkward uncomfortable Bosom Hill commercials within one of these movies I had seen because we all know every tree in this movie is a Bosom Hill tree but of course it was just so painful it, it was just so painful nor i'm used to it being more passive than that
1: well and, and my contribution was kind of similar like i the balsam hill ones i feel like actually have been worse in the past it, <laughs> i didn't see as many of the commercials and things but i was waiting for it and oh look those are balsam hill ornaments uh but there was a, the Lamax christmas village oh cinnamon God, yes. roll shop was also this scene kind of like the nestle scene though not as blatant um, the, the the scene had nothing to do with the movie. She goes into a shop. She looks at a Christmas village. She goes to pick up the cinnamon roll house and like look at it. And the camera does like a front on of, shot of this little house. And then a random girl just comes up and like takes it or says it's the last one. And then that's it for the scene and it has nothing we never see that character again <laughs> we there she wasn't buying anything in the shop it wasn't part it was of the so bizarrely of
2: out of place
1: yeah right it's like why was she there what was the purpose of that in the story it was just and I figured out it was just to show this house this little cinnamon village house and I went to go look it up because I said surely that's sh- that's product placement it was sold out <laughs> you can't even buy it
2: you can't even buy it there's
0: nothing you can do about it so it's that it's the so shameful. Worst commercial you can't even like the character in a fictional movie actually took the last one in real life like that's
2: that's special that's, and
0: i'm sure it was for all of the village houses you could
1: buy some of the other ones you know if you're like oh but but if you saw that cinnamon house thing you, you cannot have it Maybe the props so department
0: for this movie bought the last one to put in this movie.
1: Yeah, I bet that's that sounds like
3: exactly they should have, like,
2: during the scene, there should have been like a live asterisk mm-hmm. next to the cinnamon roll <laughs> shop with like the fine print at the bottom being like sold out online. <laughs> just so we didn't all go like pause the movie and check to then just be horribly disappointed. It's
3: a motion tracking asterisk yeah. that just like always stays with it no matter where it is in the frame. I mean, amazing that's amazing well i
2: yeah. i particularly love the k jewelers um, yes, moments that's... in christmas and evergreen because it's you, you again just like just like seeing you know car cars and their logos up front you expect to see a couple you know focal shots of jewelry in the clear but in christmas and evergreen colon bells are ringing there were between 10 and 15 different sets of jewelry on different characters, wearing different outfits in different scenes. So much so that we actually went back, cause we record all of these lovely movies. We went back to this one and I went through and I snapped pictures with my phone of every single set of necklaces and earrings that they all wore. And it, it's a veritable gallery.
3: Yeah, when you see them <laughs> side by side, it's really strange. Like they are just like, dripping in diamonds, but like (laughs) diamonds that you would wear on your wedding day, not diamonds that you wear with your everyday sweater, like (laughs) just really giant, shiny white diamonds from the ears and on the neck and just like, and it was, it's just really striking when you see them all side by side. Um, And it stuck out to us in the movie too, like again, it was one of those things where like, it
1: wasn't subtle.
2: (laughs) Just every seven minutes, you just go, is that a different one? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I guess my question is, who is buying, like, how is that helping K? Because they don't tell in the movie that right. it's K Jewelers. They don't show like a box. It's not like on The Bachelor when they open the ring box and his name is right inside the ring box. So you know exactly where they got it. You know, they're wearing these necklaces. Who is the customer that is going through all that legwork to figure out that the necklace is a K Jewelers necklace? There's not as much of an explicit connection between the product and the movie. And so how are they making Money doing this? Are, am I missing? Because they, they, they need to do it better. <laughs>
4: yeah right. Kind of some, yeah.
1: like have a commercial that that then shows those necklaces in the commercial that plays during the during the movie mm-hmm. or something yeah or say like I, this is i
3: wonder or maybe they do like a shop the look kind of thing right. on online somewhere or like i don't or know as but,
1: seen in the hallmark right. movies or whatever on <laughs> there like
0: k Julie is like a seen in christmas and evergreen belts are ringing <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> What a weird thing. Who's campaign? gonna like
2: look at that? You're right. Who's gonna like come upon that website hero banner and be like oh
1: (laughs) I'm in because there is a group of women out there that would if you had a shop the look thing if Hallmark said you know do you love this jacket here's where you get it because there was also a jacket that showed up in a ton of these movies this year it's a $495 jacket a lot of the actresses wore it in different colors it's like okay so this is is this a sponsorship like tell me that like so I can go buy the necklace that I liked or the pants or the dress or whatever Um, there are people that would do that yeah I
2: and on wonder- the entire opposite side we have the Waffle house in New York City <laughs> that was just such a strain one so this this one happened in USS Christmas which is on uh, Hallmark movies and mysteries which we now affectionately refer to as Hallmark troops and ghosts so <laughs> they there it's this one moment where they they have leave from from you know this, this giant ship and so they're in like Midtown Manhattan and the establishing shot, you see the Empire State Building in the background, and then there's a Waffle House on presumably, like, 34th Street. But there is no Waffle House on 34th Street. There is no Waffle House in New York.
1: There are no At Waffle all. Houses in New York?
2: They CGI'd a Waffle House in... in like, Ch-
1: specifically How do a Waffle live? House. How do you live without Waffle We have like three within five minutes of our house and we live in the outskirts of a small city.
2: <laughs> that, is a, now that is a fair question. And we'll cover that on a different podcast. But it's just such an odd choice, you know? Because wow. it's like, sure, if you drop the K Jewelers or the Nestle or the whatever, it's like people will probably figure it out. But to just add a, a fictional <laughs> thing of a real brand. Maybe Waffle inside. House
0: is trying to buy up like real estate space and this was their like ploy of like look even hallmark agrees we should be in new york look how good we would look right <laughs> here
2: I'm, I'm gonna go with that because there's no other reasonable explanation
3: no other reasonable explanation at all
1: Ugh. so which one do we think was the was the most shameless mm-hmm. um and in, in the sense of um, all of these are shameless, but which one is the most shameless?
3: which one's the winner? <laughs> I mean, so, I know my vote.
2: Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with my my lovely wife, and that I think Nestle's entire scene that they wrote for themselves might be the most egregious instance of product I, I, placement this I,
0: season. I I'm definitely swayed over to that camp because all of these other ones are all still somewhat passive. Mm-hmm. Nestle's was the most like, no, we wrote a movie around this scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, like and you could like, saw the bag of chocolate chips and it says nestle on it like the product is clearly there named in in shot front and center you can't ignore it
0: I love these chocolate chips. (laughs) They're the best. I agree.
1: Just (laughs) aggressive.
3: We will (laughs) definitely not be forgetting the Nestle brand anytime (laughs) soon.
0: Yeah, congratulations, Nestle, for the most shameless plug this season. (laughs) I think if we are going to talk about shameless plugs, I think we need to have a surprise category here, which is, like, what is the most obnoxious, memorable commercial? Because part of the Hallmark, like, whole thing is, advertising and not all of that happens in the movie some of that happens in between and so I would love to hear what you all think is is the winner for most obnoxious memorable commercial from this season because I will say for me it was Rakuten's uh because it it was Tara whether the whether the commercial played or not (laughs) Tara would sing the Rakuten Rakuten
1: song oh my favorite kiss right from my phone (laughs) Whether, Whether it was it. Wow. or
0: not, there it is.
1: <laughs> that was pretty.
3: That was pretty amazing. Yeah, Those become some Elton John.
2: <laughs> that one definitely got stuck in the head. I think. I think the Etsy commercials. Mm-hmm. were particularly uh, memorable, whether or not they were obnoxious. They were more tear-jerky, I think. But they were just so well done, honestly. And there were a number of them. But the whole, Etsy has come so far, um, especially like with their brand and their marketing. But their whole campaign this year, which was basically just, you will be able to find handcrafted, one-of-a-kind, unique pieces here that are going to really, really mean something to the closest people in your life. So you had the one where the grandparents were so sad that they couldn't be with their family and so they were on like a video call and then they you know they opened the present from the grandson and it was like a, a it was like a homemade doll that resembled
3: that the, she drew it was yeah. like based on her drawing based oh, yeah, on the, the grandchild's dra- yeah. drawing or something yeah, so yeah. It's like mm-hmm. so you
2: you'll you'll always be able to see me or whatever it was but yeah. it looked exactly like the drawing that yeah. they did and there were just all these ones uh, just you know it's like i'm sitting there just heavy sobbing
4: anytime
2: <laughs> those commercials come on and yeah. so those those ones were pretty they were
3: good i i don't know if i could call them obnoxious because actually it's better storytelling than the movie most of the time
0: agreed um, agreed
3: I also, speaking of good storytelling, really enjoyed the PayPal commercial where the dad learned ballet for his little girl and set up the whole nutcracker situation in the backyard. That one was a tearjerker yeah. too, which is so adorable and cute. And like, oh, dad of the year, PayPal, like that, <laughs> that guy for sure.
1: I, my vote is for the, there's a decon commercial where there's these rats and they're having a party or mice, I guess they're rats. Um and decon is know, like the,
2: rat. it's just rat poison right yeah it's
1: rat poison yeah. and so the rat <laughs> is like serving up all the snacks and everyone's like these are so great and you know and she's like yeah they're from decon and then they like die and the, the rat that was serving was like, Judy? Because the rat is dead. Because <laughs> she killed all of them by serving them rat poison at her party. Yeah. And I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> that's just so dark. It's so I dark.
0: I remember I the first time we saw it. And it was just so amazing. Because it's like, rat, like like claymation y rats number mm-hmm. one like it was this weird like oh, okay we're doing like a rank and bass kind of nod here and then she's like is this catered no it's decon and then she turns and then you hear plop and then Judy. <laughs> And she's just like, Judy. <laughs> <Isn't that crazy? laughs> so I would just walk around the house going, Judy, <laughs> Judy. <Judith?" laughs> it was, oh, it was memorable oh, for sure. That's
2: dark and awesome.
3: That's, <laughs> All right. Wow. Definitely memorable for sure.
1: <laughs> but when I wasn't doing that, I was doing the Limu Emu um, for Liberty Mutual. <laughs> <so laughs> emu. Limu,
0: emu. <laughs> yeah uh, any song one, I mean even the Etsy one that had the operatic moment like Tara's trying to hit all of those notes every time and she she got really my close opera skills my <laughs> opera skills really
1: improved this year
0: 40 movies
1: with that commercial playing multiple times in each of them I have honed wow. my craft
3: excellent wow. those right. are good vocal
2: warm-ups yeah, yeah absolutely
3: advertisers take note if you want Tara to buy something put a song in it any song <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did buy
1: stuff from Etsy <laughs> And we do have Rakuten.
2: It works, everybody. This goes to show you. Well, speaking of advertising working, I and mean, I know that WeatherTech has, for a while, been kind of a staple of the uh, the Hallmark holiday season. But this this was a particularly interesting year for WeatherTech because they couldn't they couldn't really advertise the in car great for traveling <laughs> stuff as much as they could in other years. So it, they they certainly had they certainly had CupPhone. Which Austin, I think you said was like like, was like the number, the number one, one seller.
0: Yeah, it was like they they cornered the gift market in, in twenty nineteen. Like they had one of the best selling gifts of twenty nineteen. So I don't they just decided they, to do it
2: again, I guess. <laughs> but but then, you know, then they really did have to pivot. And so now, outside of the cup phone, the commercial you're seeing from WeatherTech is, is dog bowls. <laughs> and their whole thing is like, is your dog bowl poisonous to your dog? You should check the bottom of your dog bowl. And get WeatherTech dog bowls.
1: And then you look over that your was- dog and you're like, Judy.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, dog <man>. bowls poisonous. <laughs>
2: think those were the big ones
3: though <laughs> I think.
2: yeah
3: yeah it's hard to pick a winner there
0: so if we if we say like obnoxious and in, in a loving way of like it stuck with me it's not that i didn't like it i'm gonna have to go with my heart on this one i think etsy had the strongest campaign every single one of their stories were all connected to you know they they had a, an amazingly solid campaign and i was emotionally moved in all of them yeah. and I mean, I like, I cried, like the ornament that's like, oh, he's new, they're a queer couple, like, how do we do that? Or the, the girl with the necklace who no one can pronounce her name, which is Shiori, and just how Etsy is for those people. You can't find this at a box store, but we will find the right gift for you because you are important. And like that just, ugh, it got me.
2: I'm crying again.
4: You, <laughs> yeah. you won me over. That's it. It's Etsy.
3: Yeah, it's Etsy.
0: And so Etsy,
1: sponsor us. We're here. <laughs> we like you. We'll sing for yeah. you. Like, come on.
2: <laughs> well, um, I think the next category is my favorite category because the next category is Best Bad Christmas Movie Bingo Movie. And this is different. This is different from your your most snarkable movie or, or the best movie or the worst movie or, or whatever that is. This is very specific because this has to do with was this good for bingo or not? And honestly, that's always our criteria, Kiwi and I, as, we, as we're as we watching these movies. Um, we're not so concerned with, was this a great movie? Was this a bad movie? It's really, was this great for bingo or not? Because that's kind of our whole shtick. Um, and so we do have a list here of the nominees of the movies we are, are fairly certain were, in fact, the best movies to watch while playing Bad Christmas Movie Bingo. And those nominees are Five Star Christmas, good morning christmas christmas comes twice and of course christmas in evergreen bells are ringing
3: (laughs) yeah there were a lot of good nominees here this is kind of this is another competitive field right um i do want to shout out good morning christmas good morning christmas is a good one um these types of movies always work well for bingo because they're like activity movies um you know this this movie was the two tv hosts are trying to experience christmas in this small town um, and for their TV show. And so, you know, they have to go around and do all these Christmas activities. So each one is going to be a trope. So, you so you're know- going to have,
2: you're going to have you know, the Christmas festival, which means there's going to be hot chocolate, which means there's going to be an ice skating rink. (laughs)
3: There's going to be some kind of competition. A tree lighting
2: festival where people count down to it being led by the mayor.
3: (laughs) Probably a horse-drawn carriage at some point. Um, But, um, you know, so like these types of movies where they have to go through a series of things to experience the true meaning of Christmas are great for bingo.
2: Absolutely. Um, And then you have Christmas Comes Twice, mm -hmm. which is great because it's a time travel movie. And those are always fun. (laughs) know peppered throughout the boards you have the magical the magical squares so you've got time travel slash alternate reality you have magical object magical person and and sometimes these are like santa and north pole related but more often they are just (laughs) bizarrely time travel related yeah we're gonna lump time travel in with magic because hallmark i guess sure and it's not physics it's it's magic
4: yeah so that
2: one is really fun but i i do have to say that our winner in this category is Five Star Christmas because of the sheer volume of tropes that they just <laughs> threw at you, just rapid fire. You know, uh, with, with, with these movies, you have a lot at the beginning of the movie and a lot at the end of the movie, these tropes, because that's where the writing happens. And then you have this whole middle of these movies that we lovingly refer to.
3: We usually call it the middle hour myth because this is where, you know, they're kind of wandering about, not really doing anything. But it's at the beginning and the end where the writers are sort of desperately trying to shove information at you. And so right. that's where a lot of the squares happen. Um, uh-huh. But then sometimes in the middle, like, there can be a little bit of a lull. But like with Five Star Christmas, they just never stopped. It was just like- And you also, <laughs> just,
2: you also just never knew when you were gonna get these amazing things. And they would just be like, I, I, I think we probably had our fastest bingo uh, watching Five Star Christmas. It was, some, really it was something like, like 19 minutes or maybe yeah. less than that. But <laughs> it would just you just never know, right? It's like all of a sudden you're watching this movie and it comes back on a commercial break and they're at an ice skating rink for no reason. <laughs> no reason. And then they leave that ice skating rink by going on a horse-drawn carriage. And it's just, <laughs> mwah, it's just so wonderful. Yeah. So we so, so appreciate Five Star Christmas this season for giving us our biggest, best, and fastest bingos.
0: Yep. Yep. So if you are looking to do a, a movie where you get guaranteed bingo, any of these are good, but Five Star Christmas is going to bring that satisfaction in. <laughs>
3: yeah, Five Star Christmas is a great watch.
0: And luckily Hallmark is still playing
1: these movies every, like I think on, on Wednesday nights on Hallmark Drama, Thursday nights on Movies and Mysteries, and Friday nights on the main Hallmark channel, they're playing Christmas movies all year round. So you can technically... Play your bad Christmas movie bingo year-round. Invite your Less friends than. over on a Friday night. Watch Five Star Christmas. You know you're going to have a good time. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's absolutely true. Make sure
2: some alcohol is involved. Definitely.
4: Uh, that,
3: definitely, <laughs>
4: definitely that definitely helps. That definitely
3: helps. Well, I am excited about this next category. This next category is Fala La La Fashion Fails. Um, and I do want to acknowledge that it is not without irony that I am the one presenting this Award. It does seem logical that the straight white cis female would be the one to present this award. However, um, my interest in fashion peaked when I was about five. So my criteria for what makes a good outfit are is it scratchy and can I move in it? So it's not like I'm a fashion expert here, but also I do. Know what outfits are supposed to look like, um, so I am excited to dive into some of the really excellent choices that some of our our films decided to make on um, their poor actors and actresses who had to walk out in front of camera in in these outfits. So let's get into it. So our first nominee is the movie Love Lights Hanukkah, in which every party at this lovely, wonderful, cheerful Jewish family's house was attended by only people wearing funeral attire. Apparently, someone thought that somewhere in the Torah, all Jews must wear black or navy blue, or maybe sometimes beige at all times. No other colors are allowed.
2: It was very strange. Like, I, I get it. You. you... You have you have Jews in your Christmas movie, right? Uh, and you don't maybe want to put them in the standard red and green sweaters and dresses sure. that you put the uh, the Hallmark leads in, right? But to only have them in funeral attire
3: was really weird. There are weird. other colors. <laughs> there are a lot of other colors that we blue.
1: If you're going to go <laughs> with thematic Purple. clothing, blue. Absolutely.
3: I mean, so that I thought was really interesting. Um, uh, our next nominee in this category is the many headbands of Candace Cameron Bure. Um, <laughs> Tara, what did you call it? The first Sparkle time we donut. it?
0: Which sparkle came from uh, What Kiss Means Forever"? They were like, "What is the sparkle donut on her head?" <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. So if you uh, if you recall, she definitely in the in between, you know, where she was quote unquote the host of the movie, she was wearing the giant sparkle donut. But also in "If I Only Had Christmas," she was never without this puffy headband, <laughs> which we honestly have not seen since the era of her Full House days. This so is I'm,
2: this is almost product placement, but we weren't really sure, really sure. because there was never we couldn't a find it online or anything related. To her selling her own line of headbands. Yeah,
3: so. But I'm
2: assuming that's happening.
3: Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta or be. Or maybe oh,
0: it was Etsy. Like, like maybe I'm there's kidding. someone on Etsy who specializes in sparkle donuts oh. and donated I, I them.
1: Need, <laughs> I need someone to find me the sparkle donuts so that I can make my very niche Halloween costume next year <laughs> to be CCB presenting Hallmark movies. As my oh, Halloween costume. Please do that
2: <laughs> and always be walking out of a badly lit gazebo, and then just like talking
0: about. I'll be
1: the gazebo. I'll do a photo Perfect. shoot at the local gazebo. I'll go behind my local gas station, see if I can find one.
0: Oh God! I forgot about
3: that moment. Oh, that was amazing. Gas station gazebo. <laughs> um, okay, the next nominee in Fa Lala Fashion Fails is the curtain dress from The Christmas Waltz, which was a dead ringer for the curtain dresses in Sound of Music. Um, the next nominee is in Heart of the Holidays, where she comes out of her bedroom wearing silk pajamas, but her silk pajama shirt is tucked into her silk pajama
2: bottoms. In such a way that no one has ever done in no their lives. No in their lives.
3: <laughs> um, Next on the list is the, we're lovingly referring to this as the bondage dress, uh, from Nashville Christmas Carol, which this is supposed to be, you know, the end, the iconic red dress reveal at the party thing, um, and out comes this beautiful actress in this red dress with, with, like, these really creepy, this creepy, like, black trim on it that really looks like a bondage harness, um, and, uh, that was just a really... Really striking, interesting choice. Next on the list, we've got a couple different ones that had to do with the royalty movies. So first we've got the prince outfits in general. There's always the scene where you see him in his royal garb, his royal, like, military-type uniform. Um, So both in One Royal Holiday and Christmas Carousel this year, these just really were unimpressive. They looked (laughs) rented and not tailored, and um, they were just not great. And then in Christmas Carousel, there was an additional one (laughs) where The prince in his casual clothes wears this blue, like, cowboy bandana around uh, his neck, around his
1: neck, Uh, like an ascot, (laughs) like a train conductor.
3: Yes, like a train conductor, exactly, (laughs) like an old West train conductor. And it just really stuck out as like a strange choice. They were like, it was like they could not figure out how to make the prince.
2: Someone in the costume department is like, Well, it's royal blue. (laughs) (laughs)
0: royal royal Royal. get it get it it in the name and and it's we need to know badly that this is also uh one of the user submitted snarkable moments of the season which was literally just the blue bandana that's how much it stuck out
3: (laughs) yes yes definitely important to mention that as well so i don't know i mean this is this is competitive this is another competitive uh competitive list here um I don't know, guys. What do you think? I, I, I mean, kinda... I want to go
2: back to the Prince outfits really yes. quickly. <laughs> um, just, they were just, again, they're, they're always going to do an okay job getting, you know, like, I don't know where the dramaturg is on set in any of these movies, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know how much attention they're paying to making sure that, you know, the regalia of this particular fictional country is being adhered to in, in exactly the right way. But there was just something about this year's crop of of prince regalia that was just the
0: worst prince, prince. and they, they could have fixed it so easily like in one royal holiday you know the under part was fine it was like neutral it was that sash that was so cheap that i was just like this is a party city amazon like made someplace where like all the measurements are going to be off cheap cheap suit and if someone had just sewn a sash out of a better quality material solved, or in a Christmas carousel, that suit was like a hundred percent wool. It looked yeah. like it looked like a Civil War Union officer's <laughs> uniform. That just like and was so poorly fitted for him. It was like his shoulders were concave. I was like, this is the magic of safety pins, and and I know that someone knows how to make a like this fit. Whether it's rented or not, you could have saved it. And they just didn't. They just yeah. didn't.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: It was rough. It was, I don't
0: rough. Know, it was-
1: it was a tough call. All the outfit-based ones um, of, like, full outfits were kind of a tough call for me because uh, the two dresses also were so bad, the the curtain dresses. That was even in the little preview episode that they showed of Lacey Chabert in that dress that just looked like it was made out of curtains and sound of music and didn't do her any favors. Like She's got a good figure, and it just looked really frumpy on her. And then on the flip side, that's like, dress that would have been a normal dress that was made all vamped up and bondagey in <laughs> national Christmas Carol. It's like weird choices there across the board. But um, for me, I think the Prince outfits were a little bit worse because they were just like, you, the royalty is the heart of your film. Uh, yeah. They weren't just single outfit. It's like this is supposed to be the theme, the part where I'm like, oh, he's a prince, and this is the pomp and circumstance, and they just weren't fitting the bill when they looked as frumpy as they did.
2: It's the only magic that you give the princes in those movies, mm-hmm. yep. right? Is like that moment where you get to see them in their in their incredible
1: uniform, uniform. And they're a man whatever. in uniform, right? They've got to right. look good.
2: This is nope. their pretty dress reveal in these movies, and <laughs> yes. it's got to be spot on, right? And mm-hmm. it's never really spot on, but most of the time you're like, yeah, that looks sharp. That looks <laughs> basically sharp. And they they ha- those bodies are metal. A wasp like, they went there. in a
1: palace with him, you know.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. Like I think, as problematic as the funeral attire is, and just kind of like <laughs> just on its own offensive level like putting putting this entire jewish family in really dark dismal colors that is offensive but also like it doesn't necessarily impact the story whereas the prince outfit is supposed to be kind of a plot point almost and so the fact that they didn't pay attention to it i think makes that worse i think it's worse
0: it makes me worry about the finances of their kingdom (laughs) <laughs> right, right. It starts to
2: take your mind places that the plot doesn't want you to go. Right, right. yeah. Like, right. is he in debt? Is is this right. fake country? Is she in
3: marrying debt? into like this country that is in trouble? Yeah. Are they gonna like try to take the money out of her diner to fund the military <laughs> now? I don't know how this works. I don't know. Right. See, these are now the questions that we're asking because we were distracted by this uniform, guys. <laughs>
0: All right, so universal winner, just the prince outfits, and let's just yes. throw the blue bandana in there too, because he's a Absolutely. prince wearing a ridiculous <laughs> bandana when it was not 100%. needed at all.
3: 100%, yes. I think we're all in agreement.
0: So if we're going to talk about costumes, I think we have to also talk about this next award category, which is problematic props. And this is just those props that either like appeared way too frequently or just went made us go, what are you thinking props department? So our first nominee were the giant candy canes that were wrapped in this ribbon that were styrofoam that were in at least 50% of the movies this season. And they were the same ones. They were like 10 feet tall and unmistakable. Our next nominee was just the whole office, but in particular the rotating Christmas tree in uh, the 12 dates of Christmas. And this also was a snarkable moment category as well. This is one that viewers submitted because just that whole office is just so much Christmas. It's like every Hallmark decoration was put in an eight by eight office. There was so much ham in this season. Like normally we get maybe a brisket or, you know, something, but a goose, (laughs) but it was just ham all day, every day. Every Christmas family had ham. Um, and the and- same ham, I think it might
2: have been, and this is why ham is in the props category and, and <laughs> not anything else, because it was, it was like a plastic ham. was
1: passing it around, was it's a like plastic A couple
2: ham. slices were out of it, and I, they, it even made it into the poster of Five Star Christmas, like in the poster, she's standing there holding it, like, is this okay? It was <laughs> just ham, it was a lot. To the point where we thought my, maybe like the ham lobby was really going hard. Like, was big, big ham. ham all big over ham. this? Exactly. Oh, I love where our heads Maybe are Maybe that's
1: product placement. Maybe honey-baked ham. That's real big in the South. People stand in line for hours to get their honey-baked ham. Maybe that's who they should be like, this ham is really good with that honey-baked flavor. <laughs> <laughs> It writes itself. There it is. <laughs> Why do there I not is. write these movies? I've already even got the product placement down, sounding real natural.
0: <laughs> uh, our next nominee uh, was from A Christmas Waltz, and it was the ring box that had a built in light. Uh, oh just amazing classic moment if you haven't watched anything that's one to watch because it stands out in so many different ways and then our final nominee was uh love lights hanukkah just all of the set design with the wreaths and the weeping angel and like all of the christmas decorations that were blue therefore jewish decorations for christmas (laughs) that's how that works (laughs) As well as one of the worst snowmen of all time that was just clearly styrofoam that someone had just, like, kind of hacked up a little bit to make it look like it had texture.
2: They even (laughs) used it in the press photos. Like, there's Corey from Boy Meets World standing next to this stupid styrofoam snowman with like bad quilt batting just kind of like stapled all over him
0: <laughs> it was so rough <laughs> it was terrible it was terrible well,
1: and the weeping angel was super creepy like in the scene when all the lights went out and the angel is just there i just wanted to be like don't blink don't blink <laughs> it's like it's no who episode.
2: it was so weird that was that was a really bizarre thing to have there because everyone has a sing, sort of a single connotation at this point of like a single sort of evil looking statuette (laughs) angel. There's, Like, I think Doctor Who kind of locked that one down in terms of what you think about when you see. So to just have it by itself, not with, like, other angel statues around it or, like, I don't know, maybe don't make it an evil-looking angel. Just pick something else. Whatever they carved out of styrofoam that that that, that angel ended up being. But just what an odd choice.
3: It's also just, like, really, though, like, kind of a classic horror movie trope. I don't even really like horror movies, but isn't there always, like, some scene where they're, like, stupidly walking through some graveyard and they mm-hmm. pan by like some tombstone and or like some mausoleum and there's always a creepy angel on top. Yep. It's mm-hmm. always a creepy angel. It definitely so, felt like, like the
0: omen was in this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: So like I don't know. That was very that was an odd there were just a lot of choices in Love Light Sonica that
2: None of them good, but a lot of choices
0: <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of choices were good. made. Uh, oh, strong choices, but not the right choices. Um yeah. We had a lot of problematic props this year, but ultimately, we as a committee decided that it wasn't frequency, it was just emotional impact of just why uh, that really led to our winner being selected, which was the ring box from A Christmas Waltz, because why? It was one of the shortest moments we got with a prop, but it was the one that stayed with you the longest. And I think it Austin, made you. Me- yeah. You were about to go out and buy that ring box. You were I like, why did my ring box not have a light?
2: <laughs> well, and where did you because fu- I was like, that that can't exist, but Austin, you found it, right?
0: Found it on Walmart for like under five dollars. You can too have this and make a magical proposal happen. Um, I definitely was like why did we get married so many years ago because I wish I could redo it but maybe you know when we do a vow renewal or I get you a nice piece of jewelry I know that I can afford to to wow you with a ring box (laughs) with a light
2: I think it makes sense in certain contexts like if if what you're not if you can't show off the ring itself then maybe have the light just kind of like you know to dazzle you, and then maybe you won't notice that you got this engagement ring at Claire's. All
0: you remember is that it was a bright ring. Yeah, <laughs> That's like, yeah. it was Ooh, it's like, because it bright. shined. I love that you said Claire's. For the,
1: not even Walmart. It's like, go to where you went when you were 11 to get cheap, buy two, get one free jewelry at the you
2: mall. You know when you got your ear pierced for the first time and then got it infected? Yeah, I get it a ring from there. That yeah. is my
0: life story. That happened to me. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, Claire's. So there it is, the ring box. The, the ring, box ring box with ring the, the Your
1: winner. Everybody, go buy one. Um, so my category, the next one, is the most noteworthy non-Hallmark movie. So we did watch forty lovely and not so lovely Hallmark movies this year, uh, but we also watched some other movies on some other channels, and you may have as well. Uh, there's Ion. There's Up TV. There's Lifetime, Netflix, Hulu. Everybody's in the Hallmark Christmas movie game. So of the movies that were released this year, we had. 5. Five nominees that were buzzed about and that didn't quite hit the mark or that were had had their own snarkable qualities. So they were Christmas on the Square, which is the Dolly Parton musical, The Happiest Season, which is the lesbian movie from Hulu, A Ring for Christmas on Up TV. A Taste of Christmas on Lifetime, and then Christmas High Note on Lifetime. So um, Not a high note. <laughs> we all sort of added our own nominees here. I know I added, or we, we talked about Christmas High Note because um, I just saw Twitter blow up when that movie was, when everybody was live tweeting it because it was so bad and people yeah. were just so mad at it. Um, but which of these did you guys particularly enjoy for their snarkiness this year?
2: Well, um I just I have to give a shout out here to, to Dolly Parton and Christmas on the Square. Um, Netflix just brought us such a big flashy beautiful incredible mess of a of a Christmas <laughs> musical. And you know, God love Dolly Parton. We love her. She is a national treasure. She has done so much for so many people. She is so talented. And I don't know what happened here, but it didn't go well. <laughs> If, if what they were going for was well, that did not happen. Uh, <laughs> instead, what we got was this weird mashup of, of terrible musical numbers and like stage actors thinking that they were doing a stage musical, but then it was actually filmed. And so none of that worked. And then Dolly Parton is flying around on a CGI cloud. that is just it's indescribable if you haven't seen it i'm not gonna do it justice
3: no it's hard to describe it's like this movie is like it's like a hallmark movie meets a musical but everyone involved is on lsd and like (laughs) it, it is it's amazing like the i i don't it is just kind of an indescribable experience you you have to watch it like if if you haven't seen it yet this season like I would advise you to go home from work. Like, whatever you're doing, just stop. Like, you're, okay, you're listening to this podcast right now. So,
0: (laughs) honestly, finish the podcast, then go watch this.
3: (laughs) Yeah, finish the podcast. But then your next activity really should be to watch Christmas on the Square because it is, it's an incredible experience.
0: If you don't do drugs, but want to know what it's like to be on drugs, you should watch this movie excellent um, description they really
1: thought they were doing something they really it was they done in something. earnest <laughs> they did something already. Right. <laughs> they thought they were doing something
2: it was kind of like the room where they thought they were making like this incredible <laughs> academy award-winning movie and then we, well it's the room so maybe yeah. it could
1: become a cult classic for it's just way off the mark that's yes. what we're
2: thinking yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, but we we do also have to briefly mention Happiest Season and why I, there's so much buzz about this movie for being just a standard lesbian rom-com. You know, the the movie we've been waiting for, but it missed the mark for us, and I think for many of our friends who also were so excited about this movie because um, it was just a coming out story and the main protagonist Harper um the the girlfriend just refusing to come out at every turn and and being horrible to her girlfriend which was Kristen Stewart and that Kristen Stewart really should have gotten with Aubrey Plaza's character instead and it just didn't go
0: where we wanted it to go yeah for for being like touted as like finally a lesbian Christmas like romance movie I was like awesome nothing was happy nothing was it was (laughs) it was definitely one of the unhappiest seasons I've had as a queer person just watching this film and I think if you're going to have that much conflict and that much of like a self-hating queer Mm -hmm. right she she doesn't know how to come out to her family um you can't then give it a hallmark bow at the end which is what they did they took like the last 10 minutes like hallmark does and just wrapped that sucker up and it was like and everyone lived happily ever ha-. no they didn't y'all therapy is needed <laughs> i needed to see some growth um i will say great supporting cast uh <laughs> that stood out but there there was this meme that appeared on the internet after this movie came out and it was like here's the trifecta of biggest villain lesbian villains of all time It was Piper from Orange is the New Black, Mm. Ginny Schechner from The L Word, and Who is the same ha- <laughs> actress
1: that was the the lead in Love Lights Hanukkah, and I couldn't <laughs> handle that movie because I wanted to murder her the whole time because she's the <laughs> most terrible person in all of the L Word oh, of yeah. those, those six
0: seasons. And then our final, yeah, so it's just these three. So we've got Harper from Happiest Season, Jenny Schechner, who's now also in Love Lights Hanukkah, <laughs> and then Piper from Orange is the New Black, and they are the, the lesbian villains of all time. Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs>
1: so the far better gay movie is the the Fran Drescher movie from Lifetime. What was that one called? The Christmas setup. Uh, the Christmas setup. setup. The Christmas that setup. Was that was great. the better
2: one. That was wonderful because unlike unlike um, one of the other movies we'll talk about on Hallmark, it really did centrally feature a uh, mm-hmm. gay romance as yes. as really the main focal point of the movie. And on top of that, everyone was already out. Being out was not an issue. Like, everyone was loved, everyone was accepted. It was really this beautiful, natural story.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: So of our most notable non-Hallmark movies, I think we we kind of decided together that Christmas on the Square is the most notable for this year, with Happiest Season kind of taking an honorable mention spot for its particular portrayals. Um, but Christmas on the Square, go watch it. If, if you haven't watched anything else, um, catch that and see Dolly Parton on her cloud. <laughs>
2: Just so good. So good. So good. All right. Well, our next category is affectionately referred to as, Hey, Now You're a Hall Star. And this category is about our, our favorite, favorite Hall Stars, who are these actors and actresses who appear in many, many Hallmark movies, who are just, despite the writing, directing, and lighting around them, make the best choices and give the best performances and no matter if they're in a good movie or a bad movie they just stay with you because they are just so good of a performer and sometimes also writer and director as as it happens in these movies our nominees for hey now you're a hall star are kimberly sustad in christmas by starlight laura osness and aaron tveats in one of those wonderful prince movies one royal holiday the lovable Rachel Boston in A Christmas Carousel. And finally, national treasure Sharon Lawrence in The Christmas House. And I think, I, uh, Taryn Austin, you guys had a, a an honorable mention here in this category as well.
0: I know he can't win, but I think Marvelous <laughs> Jim in The Christmas House uh, was just one of the best supporting characters I've ever seen. Uh, the actor is Chris um, Guthier, and he was just a um, delight to watch and he was also in if I only had Christmas and I I hope that we get to see him more um I, maybe he's just like a hey you're a hall guy I don't know if he's a star <laughs> but I want him to be a hall regular
2: I like that, a I hall supporting that a actor. yes a hall supporting actor
0: I love actor. that I love that
2: Again, there are a lot of really good nominees here, but uh, I have to say that my particular pick is Kimberly Sustad in Christmas by Starlight. She is just so wonderful and so believable. And I think probably from any of the characters that I saw this season on any of these Hallmark movies showed the most real growth as a character from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. She starts off in that sort of classic, I'm going to do it myself and I don't need any help and I have to be the one that is always under control and making everything happen and by the end of it she really just allows herself to to be taken care of by other people and to allow other people into her life yeah and
3: but in like a believable empowering way
0: mm-hmm. exactly not yeah. like a
3: i'm gonna submit to the patriarchy way which was kind of refreshing and nice <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think all all of these actors and actresses just p- were amazing. Like Sharon Lawrence in The Christmas House, she's just outside of Hallmark is amazing, but her and that whistle in The Christmas House were pretty <laughs> compelling. And I am always a sucker for Rachel Boston. I think she does just a tremendous job of absolutely really carrying a movie and like making you want her to to find love and find Christmas or whatever she's doing in her movie. But I agree. I think I'm going to just have to go ahead and concede and say, I think Kimberly Sustad takes it because she did all of those things and, right? It wasn't yeah. just.
1: It was involved in the writing. I mean, yeah. it was just across the board. I mean, Laura Ostens and Aaron Tevitt show us how much we would love to see more Broadway actors in these films um, but Kimberly Sesta just kind of blows it out of the park with just her involvement and in the way that she's taking something that she's been involved in and that she has a great love for and trying to make it better trying to
0: mm-hmm.
1: th- you know make a movie that really has heart and quality to it and you could see that across the board with her performance.
2: And you can also see her, she should be starring in other stuff. I don't know why she's just on on Hallmark, but she she should be a lawyer. At least she should be leading her own lawyer show on NBC. She <laughs> should be starring in like some sort of Law and Order spinoff.
3: Yeah, seriously. You like, could just
2: see her carrying a series for sure. if you wanted yeah. to. You yeah, listen she could get one of those. You're
3: ignoring Kimberly. <laughs> or
1: she could get one of those movies and mysteries series and and solve murders. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. yes. Be the lawyer.
2: <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. she can solve the mystery and then also prosecute
4: it
1: yeah <laughs> it's like See, all of these actresses works. have their own mystery franchises on that channel so it's just so these, down these, these these it's her time. time it's her time Amazing. it's her Amazing. time it's
3: Kimberly's time all
1: right good job Kimberly <laughs> Sustad
3: yeah so this next category is most annoyingly good movie of the season and this was both a viewers and editors choice category, and I have to tell you, dear listeners, that you wrote in with a very uh, specific choice here. It was kind of a landslide, according to your responses, Um, but we did not agree with your choice, so we have picked a different (laughs) one. So we've got two winners in this category, but we'll get into that in a second. Let me go ahead and read you the nominees first. So, our nominees are Holly and Ivy, Deliver by Christmas, Christmas by Starlight, The Christmas House. And one royal holiday. So I think I probably you're probably all dying to know that the viewer's choice in this category was the Christmas House. Uh, so you guys chose that by a landslide. Which
2: is a, it was a very nice movie. It definitely it really was good. It was. You know, it had it had a it had a it had a gay relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the acting was pretty good.
3: Mm-hmm. It did feature a married couple working through their troubles. Uh, both oh, parents were alive.
1: I I liked Handsome Justice. I liked um, (laughs) Marvelous Jim. I liked, you know, there's a lot of good humor, the whistle and the way that they, the family interacted with each other. It was, it was funny and clever in parts. So,
0: yeah. Well, and it's, and all five of these nominees aligned with what the viewer's choice top five were and what our top five were as well for Mm the season. And so clearly we all agree that these were the, the standout movies of the season together. But in the way that
2: you get to the end of them and you're like oh fine it that was good, good.
1: <laughs> i can that
2: had some writing and acting in it all right
1: you mean you aren't ordering the dvds for these to add to your personal <laughs> collection number one who even orders dvds anymore but two you're exactly. not doing that
2: <laughs> i guess i guess not but they oh. it really did you're, you're watching these movies and you're like
1: Oh, that was actually
2: oh, pretty. Wow, oh, that good. was it. Just it stood above your standard sort of mm-hmm. writing and your standard tropes, and it still had the tropes and those lovely Hallmark moments. But it just had a nice little bit of polish and shine to it. Mm-hmm. Some great performances.
3: Actually, tugged at a heartstring or two.
2: Some pages yeah. of dialogue were written.
3: Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so that was your choice, uh, but we we felt after some heavy discussion that One Royal Holiday was our most annoyingly good movie of the season, and yes. there were just a lot of elements at play here.
2: I mean, the dress, the dress that had pockets.
3: The dress that had pockets was definitely a kicker. The Her, dancing I mean,
2: scene. Exactly. I think this might have been the best dress reveal of of the whole season. I definitely. Mean, it, was a, it was a spectacular dress that she wore to this gala, and it had pockets
4: mm-hmm. yeah. and I
2: just think that that was a really lovely addition <laughs> to that moment
3: yeah but also it was it was genuinely funny like actually right. laugh out loud moments and like they made light of the sort of unrealistic reasons why they were staying behind which I thought was really like it was nice <laughs> that ice. they did that because it made it more <laughs> yeah <black> guys <laughs> I guess we can go like and that was perfect because that was believable you know what I mean like you, you, I just
1: I think of Aaron Tivitt leaning out of that carriage ride that they took home from the Christmas parade. And he's like, what? I had a footwear malfunction. (laughs) Like, that's why I have to ride in the carriage. (laughs) Like, just apologizing. He just, he hit that note perfectly. So it's nice. It's nice that they're acknowledging
2: the ridiculousness of these moments in the movie. Yeah. And that you know that it would it be helps. nice if they always did that yeah. because now we're, we as the viewer are not sitting there going why on earth <laughs> would this happen. You're yeah. making fun of it and it's great. Yeah, it's you're helping
3: really us great. helping like, us stay in the story.
0: Well and it's just like strong acting all around I I mean I think we've said this before but it's just how can we get more Broadway actors to to be the whole cast of these movies because just the level of acting the level of singing and actually liking listening to them sing Christmas carols was so wonderful and then also just that dance scene you have this gorgeous dress but you also have one of the best dances of the entire season in this which they just piece together um our, our two leads just were like, oh, just before we go shoot this, we'll just choreograph a dance. And then just magically made it happen. It was- which is amazing
2: because that means that no one helped them with it. Like, there was like, this is the There's big no marquee dance of the movie. <laughs> and they just choreographed it themselves in the parking lot before they shot the scene, which honestly sounds like stage actors more than anything else I've ever heard. Yeah. They just they have no support, they have no help. And they're like, well, I guess we better do it ourselves or this is going to be terrible. <laughs>
1: And, and I know we had other like personal favorites within some of these, like I did love Holly and Ivy a lot despite the ludicrous stuff with the masters in library science salaries and Matt, I know you really have that soft spot for Christmas by Starlight. Was that one your favorite?
2: Yes, I think that was that was probably my favorite movie of the season. I mean, it's just uh, the the male lead Paul Campbell, he also wrote most or all of that script so to be the Mm -hmm. star and write it and to give he and Kimberly Sustad the most amazing dialogue that just made them sound so natural I just thought they had the best chemistry that was my favorite one but I also understand where we came at with the editor's choice
1: yep yeah like we all had one royal holiday super high up there with it's one of the few that I probably would watch again if it came on so um, I, I think that we are all in agreement that that was a high point for the season.
4: Absolutely.
0: But speaking of high points. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about. Let's talk about low points. Let's talk snarkable about. points. The whole shtick of our podcast, which is snarking on Hallmark. So what movie took the cake in terms of most snarkable movie of the season? Um, this is where we also had a viewers and editors choice uh, selection. And the good news is we all 100% agreed because it's such a clear winner, but let's tell you what all the nominees were. So here are the top five snarkable movies of the season. A Christmas Ring, If I Only Had Christmas, Heart of the Holidays, Christmas She Wrote, and Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. And surprise to no one, it is... If I only had
1: Christmas.
4: Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: Literally, no one is surprised. How many no reasons?
2: <laughs> Just a runaway, a runaway smash car wreck from beginning <laughs> to end everyone agreed on it yeah
3: and i do want to mention that not only was this the most voted for in that category where we asked you to vote on the most snarkable movie but also this was the movie where there were the most submitted snarkable moments where you <laughs> chose where, where you could all write in a snarkable moment over half of you chose to write in a moment of, that came from if i only had And
2: Christmas. multiple different moments different ones. it's not like you everybody wrote in ones. the same one there were so many to choose from there
1: so, there were a lot that mentioned the dancing scene, the clump fest dancing scene. So maybe we could start there with our our breakdown of this. But, like that that Candace Cameron Bure had this dance scene just thrown in the movie that made no sense and the audio was terrible and they were standing and covering up the children while they danced and you know <laughs> and they that was... clearly
3: did not choreograph this dance in the parking lot before the scene
0: <laughs> or if they did no <laughs> why
4: <laughs> why
0: <laughs>
3: Well, and also we have a little bit of inside information on this as well. That dance was actually not in the script. We have it on good authority uh, from someone very close to the situation that Candace Cameron Bure requested that dance number be put in very late <laughs> in the process. So if you were wondering why it felt like it was shoehorned in, it's because it was <laughs> shoehorned in. We're uh, all pretty
2: sure that she got wind of a Christmas waltz and we, you know, we 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 love to think that her and Lacey Chabert are going to have like a duel to the death over who's going to be the next Hallmark queen and I just think she saw Lacey Chabert in a Christmas waltz having her big marquee dance and just told whoever the powers are at B that she gets one too.
3: Yep. Yep. That's that was so that's what we think happened, but <laughs>
1: And I'm just going to call it I think CCB star is fading.
0: Like I don't know um if wow, Hallmark fire, will let it shots fire. we Will let it fade. Is this like when uh, a star dies it explodes and it's just like the most energy it releases ever? And so if I only had Christmas was the dying star exploding with just awfulness is that what happened?
2: <laughs> I really appreciate the <laughs> physics reference there and I think I think it's accurate. I really do. I think yeah. this might be the slow heat death of the universe that is Candace Cameron Bure's career.
3: Yeah, I feel, well, I just feel like this movie was so disappointing on so many levels because it was supposed to be their big marquee movie, right? The premiere was the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, um, and it was just all hyped. We were very excited for it because, you know, I, when I was growing up, I watched pretty much every single episode of Full House more than once, so, like, Mm I am... Like, you know, to be able to see Candace Cameron Bure in, in her adult form has always, you know, been super exciting.
2: Our, our way into Hallmark Christmas movies has always been Candace yeah. Cameron Bure. I you mean, know. before we started watching the Hallmark ones, we were watching the other garbage ones on ION and Lifetime, and then... Uh, we discovered, you know, that Candace Cameron kind of has her one big one that she does every year. Yep. And it exudes precisely zero chemistry with whoever is the male lead in the movie. Yep. And it's always just like, there's always shoes Somehow. that are shoehorned <laughs> into it. Like, it's just always such a spectacular, fascinating thing to watch. Yeah, we love and it. and this one was like, they're going to take the Wizard of Oz and Candace Cameron Bure. And, and terrible <laughs> shoes and christmas and mash it all up together somehow
1: and it we did were like none wow. of them well nothing
2: no more. that's the
3: thing it <laughs> filled, it didn't do you, you like ugh, it you wasn't, didn't have
2: wizard of oz well you it didn't, wasn't
3: christmas well it wasn't shoes well <laughs> yeah.
0: they, they they missed every theme opportunity i mean you know that it is not a good movie when even the die hard like hallmarkies who just who live for these movies who really find true joy and absolutely like nothing snarkable about them who just went, Oh, what was that? (laughs) <laughs> like you know it's a They're like movie. Mm, not my favorite
2: <laughs> it's like my 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 aunt is like the nicest human being in the world and she would very much be in sort of like the the hallmarky kind of kind of you know world and i think she would have even she would have been like yeah i just you know i didn't like it <laughs> and for her to say that for like a hallmarky to say that yeah. is us being like that was a shit show
0: <laughs> so. it's like the equivalent of in the south when when you want to pretend to be nice but you it, you don't it's bless your heart and so i think that this title should have been bless your heart christmas because it was just so bad we needed to know from the get-go because it was it's just every level every level was terrible yep. it just uh, failed at every we all agreed it um Oh, goodness. CCB
1: needs to lean into comedy. I think that's her thing. I think she needs to pivot into other things or she needs to do an Aurora Tear Garden mystery Christmas movie, which I would be down for murder, homicide, Christmas, CCB. that's yes. fine there's a little more comedic element to some of those too so you know just take her out of the heavy dramas and <laughs> all of the wizard of oz mess and let her do her thing and she does that well and that can be what she does
2: we can just let lacey chabert take over we yeah. know she's the heiress. Well, she
0: got yeah. the ratings this the year her. too like her mm-hmm. lacey that chabert's movie, movie did yeah. way better than CCB. so it's clear the the hall hallmarkies and hall snarkies have spoken if I Only Had Christmas was the most snarkable movie of 2020. Yep. That's All right. It.
1: Well, 2020 was an excellent year in Hallmark movies, as excellent as you can get with Hallmark movies. <laughs> we watched 40 of these films. We've reviewed and discussed and shared these highlights here with you. So thank you so much for your contributions by voting in our poll. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Twitter, listening to our podcast. Um, go buy Bad Christmas Bingo to continue your Christmas journey either the rest of this year or for the next Christmas season. Do you guys want to tell them where they can find you online?
2: Absolutely. So on social media, we're at Bad Xmas Bingo across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then you can find us at BadChristmasMovieBingo.com where we have all of our items right now 30% off in honor of this podcast, in honor of the new year. And uh, it's just been such a pleasure.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's just been so fun. And it's been, and thank you to everyone out there who live tweeted with us for all of these premieres. Um, We just really felt so embraced by this little community of snarksters out there. And it's just been (laughs) such a fun holiday season spending it with all of you. And we can't wait to do it again next year.
0: Yeah. The spirit of Christmas is alive and well because we all found joy with each other snarking on these movies together. And (laughs) I don't know what says Christmas than like building community.
1: (laughs) That's
2: right. That's right.
1: And so you can find us at Hallmark Snark on Instagram and Twitter at hallmarksnark.com and at Hallmark Snark on Facebook. And we are planning continuing with our journey. There is a lovely Luke McFarlane uh, New Year New Movies movie where he has to learn hockey and I'm sure we're going to have plenty, or he's a hockey player and he has to learn ballet. So I'm sure we're going to have plenty of snarkable things to say on that. So (laughs) continue to follow us as we segue out of Christmas movies and into other seasons Mm. New year, year. new movie. New year, new movie. (laughs) So hopefully we'll see you around. But until then, I've been Tara. I've been Austin.
2: I've been Matt.
3: And I've been Kiwi.
1: Merry Christmas. And happy holidays.